This message was brought to you by Christian Service. You are listening to the Fancy File Podcast, and I am your host, Greg Scott. Greg the Scott. And I have with me an incredible panel of Fancy File hosts. Co-hosts, hosts, we're all hosting together. Uh, to my right, or your left, depending on the direction that you were looking into, I have my man, the Mighty Mick. Thanks for having me. I would love to match your energy, but I can't. <laughs> you don't think you can match this? Maybe. Maybe later. Like, as it goes on, progressively, I'll ease into it. Maybe there'll be, like, a switch. I'm going to, like, progressively get, like, less energy and you get more energy. Yeah, probably. That's you, what tends to happen. How are you doing today, Mr. Mick? I'm doing well. Excited to be here. See, it's gradually going up. It's, it's going up. Good. Excellent. <laughs> Now, it's not just myself and Mick. We have, once again, the greatest tag team duo in the history of Christian service thus far. They've never been to Christian service. I don't think anyone's going to get that reference, but that's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the Robillards. Yes. So we have Mr. Ezra Soros Rex. Rexy, how are you? I'm all right. Yourself? I think I made it very clear that I'm good. Good. Good, but thank you for asking. No one ever asks. Because no one cares about the host. Well, I care. And I, I think care. Mick cares. Sometimes I he cares. Care. We're all hosts here, Greg. We all care. Yes, but I'm the one that introduces the podcast. No one cares about the introducer, the doorman. Also, we have with us today, Robino. Robin! Hello. How are you? Better than Ezra. How do you know that? <laughs> That's a great <laughs> band, How do you know that, though? I've never heard that one before. Because... I can read his mind. Really? Can you read? No, we're not going to do that. All right. And we have now, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not listen to last week's podcast, you missed out on something very special. And you should go listen to it. Yes. Right now. If you're listening to this one, stop right now and go listen to the previous one because they intersect or they connect. <laughs> so, but yes. Okay. So to all you fancy file lights out there, um, we have brought in. To be on our podcast, one of the biggest Fancy File Light fans. Can I say yeah. Fancy File Light? Okay, good. Uh, we have today with us the Melanie. Hey, how are you, Greg? Hello, Melanie. I'm asking you how you're doing because you wanted me to. I Really? I wanted you to ask <laughs> Not me? Not because she actually cares. Not because she cares. <laughs> because, because it's duty. If you care about Greg, leave a like. <laughs> Comment and potentially No one's going to like this. <laughs> Mom, if you're listening, can you like this thing, please? Somebody like it! 
Melanie, welcome to the Fancy File Podcast. We are very happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. And I believe that you're <laughs> going to add such a blessing to this, and for not only for us, but for the listeners. So everyone stay Thanks. tuned because these podcasts, we're only going uphill from here. I think I'm the happiest that she's here. Uh, we can debate on who's happy later. Um, I'm gonna do it now. But right now we're not gonna debate over over the podcast on who's happier that Melanie's with us. But just you know what? If everyone if everyone uh, is happy, just like this thing, please. Can someone like it so we know people are listening to it? No, I'm gonna like it because I've been liking the previous ones. That's fair. Okay, I'm gonna go look. I'm gonna be like, did she like this one? Nope. All right. Some other mix gotta go look it up. You didn't like that one. You didn't like that I'm one. Sorry, I maybe you... missed about ten. That pretty much sums up the entire thing. <laughs> she lied. She didn't like the last one. I might have been the sorry, only one that liked I it, or did you like you. it? I did. Oh, you liked it. That means you didn't like it. That okay. means you didn't like I just it. Go like them now. Like I don't think I listened to them. Anyways, I, I'm gonna go. I listened to the last one. I didn't listen to the one. Don't that just admit came to out. that. No, I do. I actually do listen to them. I will admit, I actually did something that I, I laughed at it. I was like, wow, I can laugh at me being ridiculous, which is good, because if you can't laugh at your own nonsense, what's the point of it, people? Okay, so before we go way off the rails here, uh, which is a little bit off the rails is fine, but not entirely off the rails. We have been doing a series on salvation. So first podcast that we did, we did it on sin, why we need to be saved. Then we did, uh, right after that, we did regarding how we're saved. And then last time, so this should be two weeks ago when you listened to it. For us, it was like half an hour, 45 minutes ago when we recorded it. Should we have revealed that? Too late. Uh, We are talking about evidence of salvation, fruit of salvation. How do you know, ladies and gentlemen, that you have been born again? Well, the Bible actually has a lot to say about that. Believe it or not, the Bible tells us things. And it will tell us how to be saved. So, I'm going to get my man, my my Mickey. Can I call you my Mickey on the air? No, that sounds very uh, weird. Well, I'm going to do it anyways. Can you please (laughs) read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10? For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. And I would actually, I am going to read a verse, which I read at the last podcast, and it's Second Corinthians, not First Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17, and it says, Thus in the King James language, Bible version, I should say. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Uh, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, why did Mr. Greg Scott read that? Well, it's actually very important because this is actually all connected. And it is regarding why or the evidence on how we can know that we're saved. You can know you're saved. let that sink in if you don't know you're saved there is a problem if you're not a hundred percent sure i would advise you to go back to some previous to our previous uh podcasts listen to them so then you can know for sure that you're saved okay that is actually not something that you should mess around with 
Salvation is not a joke. There are eternal consequences for those who do not know Jesus Christ. Um, And that is that they will die lost and they will go to hell. The Bible is very clear that those whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be thrown into the lake of fire. That is, we don't hear those verses read very often, but you cannot ignore those verses uh, as well. Last week we talked about sanctification, which we talked about quite a bit. Um, but I, I want to get into the verses. I want to get into verse 10. Uh, for we are his workmanship. Okay. When you get saved, when you become a born-again Christian, it's not that I just read or like I said a prayer, I signed on the dotted line, I got my Jesus flu shot. There is a transaction. Oh, I'm a transaction. Something. Tr- there's a transaction. There's transformation that takes place. The whole, first of all, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You repent of your sins. Your sins are forgiven. At the moment of salvation, your sins are 100% forgiven, buried, done and buried. Then, the Holy Jesus comes and lives within your life, and then the Holy Spirit comes within. And the Holy Spirit then begins to do a work. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You're born of the Spirit. There is a difference between being born of and being baptized with the Spirit. We'll get into that another day. Don't don't worry. We're Pentecostal. We're going to talk about it. For all you Pentecostals out there, and for those of who aren't Pentecostal, they just jumped off. They're like, done. Out. Come on back. Just come on back. Don't, don't worry. We can back it up. Heresy. But for now, for now... You're saved. You're born of the Spirit. Your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are on your way to heaven. Now, you can know this. You can have 100% assurance that you're saved. And the question is, how do you know? Well, it's not because you wrote it down. Now, if it really did happen and you wrote it down, fantastic. But it's not just the act of writing it down, I said the prayer. Something takes place. The Holy Spirit, because he lives inside of you, he goes to work in you. He begins the process of transforming your life and making you into the image of Jesus Christ. You're going to start to walk like Jesus. You're going to start to talk like Jesus. You're going to start to think like Jesus. It's all about Jesus. If it isn't all about Jesus, there's a problem. There's a, don't go around calling yourself a born-again Christian if it's not about Jesus. If it's about everything else but Jesus, you need to get Jesus. Plain and simple. I wish I had a mic I can chuck just to be like, mic drop. Boop. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, what the, yeah. Thank you. No, seriously. It's all about Christ because the Holy Spirit puts the desire there. Because people hear this, they're like, oh, but you're talking about works. No, we're not talking about works. We're talking about fruit, evidence, evidence that there's been a change. I think some people have a hard time with that because they call themselves born again. They said a prayer. They heard a message about gardening. Then they were, you know, said something after. They're like, yeah, 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 I want that. And then, you know, they, they get the app the Jesus app, to add to all the other apps in their lives to make their lives so much better. Uh, And then it's like, well, I still want to live in sin. Like, I actually still love my sin, and I don't want to change. 
and I'm not going to, you know, stop the things I'm doing. That's not what this is about. Uh, yeah, it is. If that's your desire, if your desires are still absolutely the same bent on evil, you have not been born again. You have not been born again. How do you know? Verse 10, we are his workmanship. Workmanship, what, what does that mean? What does workmanship mean? I, I'm, I'm saying it out for anyone on my panel that would like to answer that, but I, I have here, um, we're like the, pro the product he works on, a fabric he makes, so to speak. Think about it. Think about, like, I, when, I hear, when I first read workmanship, I'm thinking of somebody that goes in their workshop and they begin to take up, they pick a piece of wood and they begin to, to go about doing what they need to do to make whatever it is they're making. God takes you, let's say you're the piece of wood, and then he begins shaping you into Jesus Christ. He does it. So if he's shaping you into Jesus Christ and you were to look at the finished product or the product that's being made, you're going to say, yeah, that, that looks like the mold, Jesus Christ being the mold. So that means born-again Christian, if you're born again, if you've been born from above, you're going to be, you, the whole, let me say this right, the Holy Spirit's going to go to work in you and begin making you to look like Christ. So if you look like Christ, that means you ain't going out and just having wild sex. You ain't going, and, and also even monogamous sex that's outside of marriage. The Bible's very clear. Because people are like, well, then I, I'm, I've, been, I've been with my, my girlfriend for, you know, five years, and I haven't gone with anyone else. But fornication. And I'm not trying to say that to be funny. My heart is broken over the amount of people that have been deceived in the church because they've been told they're saved when they're not. The Holy Spirit will do a work in you, Okay. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. That means this work begins at the point of salvation. That means that it's only through Jesus Christ that this transformation happens. Well, I, I think as well, like if you, you know, you, if you look at the Bible, the, the idea of workmanship and God declaring that this is what he's going to do with this lump of clay or this this piece of wood really kind of echoes back to just all throughout the Bible when God declares something over like over something then that has come to pass whether it is yet or to come that is still the truth of that thing when um, Abraham and Isaac right God had declared him a sacrifice and so at that point whether Isaac was still alive or to be slain he was declared a sacrifice. And so when God declares something over any of us, uh, namely that we are saved and we are his, it is a declaration of the things that are happening and the things that are to come as well. Yeah, I agree. And in terms of definition of what uh, being his workmanship is, uh, I, I can call back to you know, two weeks ago, the last podcast, and say, yeah, you know, us being Christ's workmanship refers to the sanctification process. We are saved by God, we are redeemed, we're purchased, but then we become his workmanship. He continues 
to work on us, to sanctify us, to make us into who he has called us to be and what, as Mick pointed out, what he has spoken over us, what he has declared, this is what I'm calling Greg to, this is what I'm calling Mick, Rob, and Melanie to. We are his workmanship because after we've been redeemed, he continues his work. It's a continual process. Amen. This verse really reminds me of identity, our identity in Christ, and it reminds me of a book that I read to my students. It's a Christian book. They don't know this, but um, that's how I she snuck it in. That's how I work sometimes. Um, I don't know if anyone here has ever read it. It's a children's book. It's by Max Lucado, and it's called "You Are Special." And it's this uh, wood carver. His name is Eli, and he represents God. And he he made all these wimmicks, and they're essentially um, uh, like puppets. Oh, is that with the stickers? Yes, exactly. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so they're they look like. Um, Pinocchio basically and um, so he carved each one and he put them in this village and they start interacting with each other and they start comparing themselves to each other and the ones that do good things get stars and the ones that do bad things get dots and so Punchinello which is like the main character of this uh, this story he gets black dot uh, well, I don't know if they're black but he gets dots and people judge him and he doesn't have very many friends because you don't want to hang out with people that have dots and one day he meets a girl her name is lucia i think um and she has no dots and he asks her he's like why don't you have any dots everyone in this town has dots and she's like because i go and see my maker every day and then he's like okay i'm gonna go figure out what that means so he goes to see the maker and the maker tells him if you come and see me every day your dots will fall off because you will, you will um, know your identity and you know, you'll come to know what I think of you and what I think of you is what matters the most because um, I'm the one who created you. So what other people think of you doesn't matter. So that's, I find that it's a very clear image of this verse because we were talking about wood and all that. So yeah, just we we're each one of us has a purpose and each one of us, um, God has a plan for our lives and there's specific things that he wants us to do but most importantly, we have to remember that our identity is in him and that we can misplace our identity. We can search, search for identity and a whole bunch of other things, but that will never ultimately satisfy us. And so I find that this is a really clear picture of, of that verse. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Greg. Uh, continuing with the verse. So we are created in Christ Jesus, or his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, but it doesn't stop there. It says, unto good works that means the holy spirit is going to go to work at us in us and the result of that the evidence of fruit is we are going to do good works again it's not a works-based salvation i know some people are going to hear that and say you're talking about works no it's not by works exactly we're not saved by works these are people who are saved we're not talking about people that are earning their salvation and never know it. We're talking about people who have been saved. And then the natural outflow is that there are going to be a, a, the changes that takes place will result in people doing good works. Godly fruit will be uh, born in that person's life or will be evident in that person's life. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see this in the book of James, right? He says, hey, you know, it's absolutely true. You're not saved by your works. 
However, show me your faith without works and you can't. Mm. You can show me your faith without works, but I demonstrate my faith by my works. Mm. It, it's not a matter of I'm earning my salvation with my works. What it is is the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things are all fruit of the Spirit. It's kind of like how you know an apple tree is an apple tree because there are apples on it. You know, you know that someone has the Holy Spirit within them because you can see the fruits of the Spirit growing in them. You'll see that they are more loving, they're more kind, they're more patient, they're more gentle, and not in the way that we, we understand it in the world because people, the first objection is, yeah, but people in the world love. It's like, yeah, but they don't have pure love. They don't mm -hmm. have true love. Mm -hmm. It's always super superficial, conditional, or petty. You look at, like, the divorce rate in North America, and it's insane. And sometimes the reasons they give for their divorce are so ridiculous. It's so petty, so shallow. So when someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, their love is m more reflective of God's love because the Holy Spirit grows that love in them so it is more true. And they will be more patient. They will be more kind and in a way that reflects God because it's the Holy Spirit that's making these fruit, not the flesh. Amen. And, and I want to actually bring this up to, the, to my panelists today of co-hosts. How would you address somebody who comes up to you and, and they claim to be a Christian, but they're not doing good works? How would you address that? I would tell them to look at the book of James, uh, as I mentioned before, because James, he, he's talking to the community. Uh, I don't remember which church, so forgive me for, for not uh, being more specific. But he's talking to this church, and he says, hey, look, you know, you're favoring some people over other people. Uh, you're hating each other. You're taking each other to court instead of dealing with your issues together you're clearly not filled with the Holy Spirit and you're clearly not living out your faith. So just with the book of James, you can't walk away from it and say, well, I don't have to live for God. I don't have to live a holy life. You, you can't walk away from the book of James thinking that. It is so clear that James says, no, you have to live a holy life. You can't, you can't do it on your own power. You need the Holy Spirit, but you need to obey the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit tells you, you know, Greg, you need, you need to stop doing that, you better stop doing that. Because he's trying to poke you and prod you and shape you to be like Christ. And if you're not living like that and you're not listening to the Holy Spirit, then there is a fundamental issue that's wrong there. And uh, I remember once Mick gave this illustration in a, a quick... Bible Devo, he said, hey, you know okay. that passage, love is patient, love is kind, love is etc., etc.? Just change love with your name, and if it doesn't fit, and it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't accurately describe you, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit and let it convict you and change you so that you can be more representative of what that love is. Mm -hmm. Because in 1 John it says, hey, if you don't love, you don't know God. So if that passage doesn't 
makes sense when you switch your name into it, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your heart and to change you. Yeah, I, I want to clarify my question uh, for the group. Um, so you come across someone who claims they're a Christian, and either they flat out say, you know, I don't need to do all these things. They still hear people, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. I don't need to, to pray to be a Christian. I don't need to do it. And obviously, depending what they mean by that, you would have to obviously clarify, well, what do you mean by that? And it's like, well, these things don't make me a Christian. Ah, okay. But, you know, the, they may have said, oh, I, I went to church. I said the prayer. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. But there's absolutely no evidence of a changed life. They're living, they're living in sin. You can see blatantly living in sin. And, and there's no desire to change. How would you, how would you address yourselves to such a person? I think sometimes, I guess, when it comes to, I don't want to say confront, but to talk about certain things, this idea of just asking another question, like, well, what does make you a Christian then? Mm -hmm. What is a sign that you are a Christian? Mm -hmm. And very often, these these people who who are living in blatant sin and just kind of nominally call themselves Christian, um, they don't have the answer either to that. Um, you know, I've been in ministry for several years now, and I think, I think I'm consistently, what I'm seeing is people who are, who don't know their Bible, who don't obey God, and who, like, are very liberal with their theology, and, um, and, and the doctrines they, they follow, and I think that, you know, like Ezra was saying, it's a fundamental flaw beyond anything else and they might just realize that perhaps they don't know why they are or not or aren't saved um i don't want to give away the next verses that we're going to be talking about but the bible talks about putting away the old self and putting on the new self so that's something that i would say is the gospel is a call to self-denial and so maybe that person doesn't understand the gospel. So maybe I would have to share the gospel with that person because I think Christians need to hear the gospel <laughs> or people who say they're Christians need to yeah. hear the gospel. So that would maybe be the first thing. And then like, hey, like the gospel is a call to self-denial. Like, haven't you read? And if they haven't read, it's like, well, let me show you these verses in the Bible. Like, for example, Colossians 3, 1 to 5. I won't give it away, but that and also like Ephesians four seventeen to 32, like, all these places where it says you used to do this before you were redeemed and now you're not supposed to do those things. You're supposed to walk in love. You're supposed to um, yeah. uh, remove all corrupt talk from your mouths and don't bear false witness against your neighbor. All these things that you're not supposed to do anymore. So I think that's where I would go with that. Yeah, I, I think for me, I would try to see if they understand what it means to be born again. Mm -hmm. Because again... I really think within the church world, it has come down to repeat this prayer, and that's it. And for, for a lot of people, that's what it is. And they don't understand that when you're saved, that you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and actually lives inside of you and actually changes you, changes your heart, which we read. You are a new creation. So therefore, if you're a new creation, those as a new creation with a new heart, you will have new desires. And I want to be clear to people who are listening. We're not talking about earning salvation. 
We're not talking about that. We are talking about the natural outflow of a Christian now who's been touched by God. Oh, but Greg, does that mean that if I sin, I failed and I'm not saying, no, yes, you failed. But no, it doesn't mean you've lost your way. Because John is actually very clear in his epistle, the first John, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But we are to confess our sins and that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. So, yes, as a Christian, you are going to fail. Spoiler alerts. You will upset people. You're going to do things that you know is unworthy of the gospel. Sometimes you're going to be in an embarrassment. I know. But a Christian who has been, who God is working on, that person will not stay like that. They are going to go and repent. They're going to deal with it. And they will overcome it because that's the promise of the gospel. So we are talking about fruit, meaning if you're Christian, you naturally will want to do good things. Just like previously, before you became a Christian, you naturally wanted to do the bad things. Yep. And I, I think fruit is the perfect image for this kind of thing. Because if you look at apple trees in the fall, they're not sitting there grunting and groaning and straining to get that apple on its like branches. It grows apples because it's an apple tree as long as it's absorbing nutrients from the soil as long as it's absorbing water and getting sunlight and just being a tree it will produce apples just, and and for the life of a christian it's exactly the same way you don't have to sit there and grunt and groan and bear this huge heavy burden like the Jehovah's Witnesses or the Mormons, to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit because Paul says that, you know, hey, our good works are dirty rags. So sitting there and, and working to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit, quote-unquote, produces nothing of value. But if you are truly a Christian, you're abiding in Christ and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through you and to work on your heart, you will naturally produce the fruit of the Spirit because they're the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of Greg or the fruit of Mick or the fruit of insert your name here. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Well, I think, um, yeah, we, we can't, like the tree analogy is really good. And I'm so glad that we aren't the tree ourselves, right? We are grafted onto the main vine and the work is done through us but by christ and that you know his righteousness flows through us his spirit allows the fruit to grow and we just reap the benefit you know which is why when we're striving and striving it's like a branch by itself is only good for the fire that's it and you know we have campfires all the time and we know about dry branches and once you know I've tried to cut like a branch straight from off the tree. It doesn't burn as well, you know, because there's still life in it. Right. And so when we are grafted onto Christ, you know, doing the works that we're meant to do. Now, continuing with verse 10, it says and regarding how we were created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And it says, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. 
before you even existed, brothers and sisters of the Lord, God ordained that you will walk in good works. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. A born-again Christian will walk in good works. This is the evidence. Wow, what? I know, man. Mind blown. You know what? Just go and meditate on that before you go to bed. You mean God ordained that I would walk in good works before I existed? Yep. How does that work? Man, I don't know. I'm not God. You wrestle with that. Well, he's ordained everything, right? So at least that's not out of his grasp. No, no, no. And, and, th- and this comes down to the whole, like, how do we understand, you know, he is infinite and we're finite. There's going to be things we don't understand. But the point is this, that you cannot be a Christian. Say you're born again and there's not any change there. He's, he's working in you. He's creating in you a, a desire to do it. He ordained in eternity past that you would do it. And I want to read this verse from uh, Philippians 2, uh, 12 to 13. It says, therefore, my beloved, that's speaking to us, we're part of the beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So, you see, Christian, just because God ordained that you walk in it, you have to walk in it yourself. This is where the whole, like, you know, God's sovereignty and our free will and all trying to understand that and wrestle with it. Good luck. Have fun. I think a lot of people just checked out on that one. It's like, I'm not, I don't know how to put all that together. It doesn't matter. The Bible's very clear that he ordained it and you need to walk in it. And if you don't walk in it, it's not because God didn't ordain it for you. He did if you're saved. You need to work out your salvation. Not work for it. Work it out. You've been saved. Now you work it out. But guess what? You're not just doing it on your own. It's not your own strength and will. You will fail, my friends. It is here. He puts within you to will. That means the desire to do it. He will put it there and to do it. That means he will give you then the ability to bring up past the will that he put there for you to do. How? The Holy Spirit who showed up, who is in your heart and life at conversion when you were born again. We'll just, just leave it right there for a second for everyone to think on that because that is some heavy-duty stuff. This is not new. This is biblical salvation for Christianity. But in some circles, not all, I don't want anyone hearing this saying, you broad brush and threw all the churches under the bus. If that's what you got out of this, that's on you. But there are some circles. They will not talk about this. I mean, their method of salvation is a train wreck anyways. And I don't have to say who they are. Just listen to them on the TV and you'll know exactly who it is or on the radio, or whatever it is you listen to, or another podcast. Hopefully, you know, there's other stuff you listen to. I, I mean, if it's only the fancy files, thank you. <laughs> but this is, this is biblical Christianity. A saved individual will produce fruit. You can have assurance in that. 
if you're saying like I, I remember I wrestled like Melanie, you talked about that wrestling with assurance for salvation in the last podcast. And, and I kind of did the whole why well, baby I should pray it again because, you know, I, I messed up too much. I don't like that. And then it was actually something Paul Washer had said about the evidence of salvation. And I thought back. I remember when God did that work in me. I remember how everything changed. Everyone around me noticed how everything changed because all of a sudden, Mr. Who didn't like to get up ever is going to church on Sunday. Yeah. So people saw that. So I knew God did a work. So now I just need to repent and stop being ridiculous and live out the walk. Work it out. Well, I think, you know, if you look at it, I think when we are go through that change, our joy needs to, like, grow in the things of the Lord as well. Like you're saying, like, you didn't want to get up, and now suddenly you're going up to go, you're getting up to go to church. You know, wherever that church is, you have that desire to hear from God, to hear the Word of God. And in the same way, you know, I had ambitions for for like a music career i had ambitions for a movie career and all of that stuff but that like nowhere near do i find that same joy in there than i did when i started diving into the word all of these separate things you know just grows completely yeah i think it's really important to remember that it's not of our own doing that the Holy Spirit is really going to guide us and we've been sealed. And so that's really important to remember. So I have a Bible verse here that fits well into this conversation. So Philippians 1, 6, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So we have this promise that Jesus makes to us and that he's going to be with us every day and we know that even though we can't see our sanctification sometimes we get discouraged because we're like man I really want to change but it seems like I really can't because I still have these desires and all these things that just don't go away but God has promised to fulfill this in us and we know that his Holy Spirit is the promise so we are going to be sanctified and we will be glorified and the Bible says that we are seated in heaven already so be encouraged. Amen. Again, I want to make it very clear. If you've been listening to this and you think we're teaching that you have to earn something, we're not. All those good works that you do naturally doesn't earn anything with God. It's just who you are. Just like naturally as a human being, you're hungry and you will want food. Naturally as a Christian, you're going to want to do good things. Is it perfect? No. Will there be times that you feel lazy? Yes. Will there be times that you're going to fail God? Oh, absolutely. But there will be desires to repent and desires to change. You just talk about how you want it to be even better. You want to go deeper. That's God putting the will there. So if you're listening to this and you're struggling with that, just bring it to God in prayer. If you're not sure that you're saved, then go to the Lord in prayer. And repent of your sins and believe the gospel that Jesus Christ going to the cross and dying in your place is the only answer and is the only way that anyone can be saved. That Jesus Christ took the wrath of God, the wrath that you deserve for your sin, he took the wrath. 
and that anyone who believes the gospel could be saved. He was resurrected three days later, and right now is seated at the right hand of the Father, and Jesus Christ will come back again one day. The countdown is on, and he's coming soon. Get ready. So while it is today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you do not know him, or if you've been listening to this, and you're like, you know what? It's, it's, this is convicting me. I, I don't see evidence. I, 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 maybe I haven't believed. Then believe. Don't put it off. Go to the Lord. Seek him for repentance. Seek him for salvation. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Ask him to come into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. You might say, oh, I might not say it right, but God, don't worry. God knows what you're crying out. Okay, God hears the cry of the heart of man. So, what's that happens? There will be a change. There will be a radical transformation. So I, I pray that this has been a blessing to you. Actually, before we close this, I actually want to pray for anyone listening to this. I know that this stuff is heavy. I know talking about sin, talking about evidence, that's not always popular. That's not going to make this podcast popular. But we are interested in seeing people saved. We're interested in seeing lives changed. Not whether or not we're popular. So if you've been struggling and you need the Lord, I'm just going to pray for you. So I pray, you know, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, to those who are listening, if there's anyone, Lord, that does not know you, I pray that you would reveal Jesus Christ to them. That, Lord, that there would be a work of repentance in their lives. That they would see that they have sinned and that they need Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. And that there's no other way, Lord, that there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby they may be saved. And that, Lord, that you would help them to believe and that they would be born again. That there would be transformation, Lord, that would take place in their lives. That there would be regeneration. And that, Father, and that they would begin to walk for you. And, Lord, if there's any Christian that is struggling with sin who's listening to this, Lord, I pray that you would bring a great victory and move in their hearts and lives to seek you, O oh Lord, and to pray and to deal with that failure. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so for the Fancy Files podcast, I am your host, Greg Scott. I had with me today my man, Mr. Mickey. Thank you for having me. Mr. Ezrasaurus Rex. Always a pleasure. The Robinator. And the Melody. Peace out. God bless and take care. Love you.